Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NCAA college football playoffs. Now that Alabama has dropped all the way down, um, who's going to be the next four teams to make it into the college football playoffs? We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the hiring of Greg Chiano, who is now back as the Rutgers football head coach. So we're going to get into that and talk about what Rutgers can do to turn to turn the page, so to speak, and right the ship. We're also going to talk about the NFL. We're going to talk about Ron Riviera being fired by the Carolina Panthers. And we're also going to talk about all other NFL news that's going on. My co-hosts, Adrian Catwell and Earl Walsh, join me on Quarles on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there that's been going on, but we got a lot to talk about. And without further ado, we're going to get started. So I got my co-hosts with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing today? Everything is everything, man. How's it going with you? Can't complain. <laughs> what about you, Ace? What's going on? Ten more days before I'm on assignment. You know, uh, <clears throat> taking my uh, tape recorder and my camera, and I'm going to be video recording all <laughs> on the beach. Uh, so look out for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. beach in wintertime? Yes, sir. Oh, uh, that's right. You're going to be on a cruise, right? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. I forgot all about that. Okay. Yeah. That, well, then that works. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> somebody works. is going to be there. <laughs> Something. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. We got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into it. Um, the first thing we should talk about, of course, is the fall of Alabama. Um, the we're longer in the college football playoff spot, so to speak. Um, so uh, I know a lot of people, majority, maybe half of the people, media perhaps, is kind of a little upset about that because they believe that Alabama should, is deservingly so, should be in the college football playoff hunt. Uh, but now that they lost to Auburn, now the question remains is who's going to be remaining four teams competing for the college football playoff championship in the NCAA? So real quick, fellas, before we get started on that, let me get your quick thoughts on Alabama now falling out of the college football playoffs picture. About damn time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, look, I love college football. You know, it's nice to see some fresh blood up in there. You know, uh, I, personally, I it wouldn't it wouldn't make me uh it would make me happy to see Georgia beat LSU. I know in a SEC championship, I know that's not going to happen. But even if it did, all that ensures is that Georgia and LSU are both going to make them the top four. <laughs> and uh, you know, that just is what it is. And of course, you have Clemson, and then Ohio State. You know, stating that everything else just kind of rolls into play. So it's nice to see uh, Alabama out, but it's still going to be probably two SEC teams if Georgia beats LSU. If Georgia doesn't beat LSU, then, uh, then things will get kind of interesting on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, no one is going to be, you know. No one's going to feel sorry for Nick Saban and Alabama, you know, roll tide. I mean, like you said, it's nice to see some fresh blood in there. 
I wouldn't mind seeing four fresh new faces up in there instead of just really, you know, you know, depending on how the chips fall <laughs> this weekend, right. um, you know, maybe one or at least two. But, um, you know, Nick Saban had, had a good run. I mean, they've been in the, you know, college playoff, you know, mix for the last, what, five years or at least basically since it started. Right. Um, so um, he's been in the top ten um, for the last five-plus years. I mean, they were ranked number 12 now. I mean, that was a great game against Auburn. Um regardless of some questionable calls, you know, at the end of the day, as um, our friend Herman would say, you, you play to win the game. <laughs> and Auburn, rightly so, beat them. So um, I'm not shedding a tear for them. Um, it's nice to see some new blood in there. Like you said, Ace, if Georgia does, you know, beat LSU, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of people trying to, you know, make the case why LSU should still stay in there, especially if Georgia beats them by a point <laughs> in a very close game. Um, if uh, Ohio State loses um, to Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, um, who knows that they might tumble out of it. If Clemson loses, they're gone. <laughs> I don't see Clemson losing, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't see them losing either, but if they were to lose, they're gone. And then you'll probably still hear some small arguments of trying to make a case why Alabama should be in the mix. Let's say if hypothetically Clemson and LSU and um, Ohio State loses the championship games, <laughs> there will still be some people trying to make the argument that Alabama should be in there. Then I mean, should be putting a, a two-loss SEC team over some – you know, championship, you know, um, conference winning teams, which means basically it's favoritism against Alabama. And that's what the people want to see. Not necessarily, but. Let's think about, think about the ultimate doomsday scenario. Let's take your doomsday and let's add on to that. <laughs> let's say that Oregon ends up losing as well. And, and, and let's say Baylor upsets Oklahoma. <laughs> in the Big 12 championship. So then you're really looking at, well, damn, you don't know who the hell you're looking at. at this, I think LSU will still get in there because they'll only have one loss. Um, I think Ohio State will probably still get in there. Though Wisconsin might make a case to jump so high because then they ended up beating the, the number one team in the country. Um Oregon is playing Utah, so then that means Utah ends up getting in the national, into the college playoff, and then Baylor. So then you're talking about a Baylor, LSU. What's this say for shits and giggles? Wisconsin and Utah, man, that'll be interesting, interesting, interesting college football. I, I'll be sitting there with native breath, just sitting there watching. <laughs> well, Utah is definitely going to have you know a strong case to make if they win their game and Georgia loses. I mean, they're going to be screaming up the hills if, if they win and Georgia loses and, you, and they still opt to keep Georgia in there, which is highly possible. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say this real quick um, because I was <sighs> – these people nowadays, I mean, talking about, number one, let's just – like you said, um, I'm pulling for Utah to get in. I really am. And I said this on Twitter – um, because I think Phil was saying this on ESPN about nobody cares about Utah getting into the college football 
playoff spot. And I immediately responded back saying, look, all jokes aside, the best teams that should be in the college football playoff team should be in. And if Utah is one of the four best teams, they should be in regardless. I don't need to see anybody else at this stage. And I think everybody's personal opinions because they rank the SEC so powerful. And, you know, if Alabama still should be considered to be a part of the college football playoffs, let's just cut this right down the middle right now. I mean, the best four teams should be in the college football playoffs. There should be no argument for anything else. If Utah makes it as a, a number four team, they should be in. I don't want to hear arguments about Alabama should be is a better team than Utah. Obviously, that's not the case. Otherwise, they would be ranked. So bottom line, I think that the best, the best four teams should just be in it. Whoever the best four teams are currently ranked, personal feelings aside, they should be in it and just play it out getting tired of the same old, same old. We're all in agreement that not everybody wants an Alabama, LSU, a rematch, or wants something, unless you're an Alabama fan or went to Alabama. Um, not everybody wants that. There are other regions in the, other, in, in the country that want something different and yearn for something different. And I think a lot of media out there is really trying to push something that a lot of people don't want. And it's a shame. I'm off my soapbox. And reclaim my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I no, I concur. I mean, you know, I think this. I mean, Alabama's time to be out the mix was eventually coming. I mean, they couldn't stay on top forever. I mean, it's just the attrition of players leaving, injuries. I mean, you know, if Tua didn't get hurt the way he did, I'm pretty sure they'll probably still be in the mix right now. Um, but that is. That is the nature of sports. That's the nature of football. Um, Nick Saban, you know, take your, you know, play all, you know, you're on bowl game. You're going to probably be in a really good one, regardless of where you're ranked. And um, just, you know, work on it for next year. You'll probably be right back in the mix next year. And you'll probably be a preseason number one or number four within the number four. So you don't make it in one year. You'll be fine. The program We'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, you're right about that. I'm sick and tired of Alabama this, Alabama that. Sick and tired of Clemson this, Clemson that. Sick yeah. and tired of Notre Dame this. Well, at least Notre Dame disappoints you. At least Notre Dame, you you know, they build up the crescendo and then they just fall flat. And then you just, <laughs> they are who they are. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> you know, be patient with uh, be Notre Be patient Dame. with Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> they are who they say. They are who we thought they are. <laughs> exactly. They are always who we think they are. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's interesting. You know, it's nice to see Oregon kind of back in the mix, even though Oregon had their little run with Mariota as quarterback. Um, uh, I, part of me wants Baylor to win. On Saturday over Oklahoma. Part of me. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it would take a lot for – it would take a lot for Baylor to get into the top four because, again, Utah would have to lose. I think Utah is five, Oklahoma is six, Baylor seven. So it would take Utah losing to Oregon, which I think out of all of the championship games, I think that one would probably be the most entertaining. Just because of who's playing. I mean, there's probably going to be some cases that even if Oklahoma wins and Georgia loses, 
there'll be some some cases to be made for Oklahoma to get their four spot and not Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would and that all that would be is about who you would prefer to see on TV, as opposed to who's probably more deserving of it. I agree. I agree. Um, I prefer to see the best four teams. Ah, oh, I don't, man. When is, when is the committee just going to sit there and just expand eight and just take the champion of each each division to three and and three uh, three uh, bids or whatever and three uh, whatever you want to call those damn things at large. And then let's run it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sick and tired of this because nobody's going to be happy with this scenario. Somebody's going to be pissed off that they got left out, left out because they felt the committee felt that this team was better on the eye test than that team. But here's, real quick, quick question: Why have three at-large bids? Uh, to make it a because there's only eight P5. Uh, I'm sorry, there's only five P5 conferences. There's only okay. five. It's only five conferences. You got the Pac-12. Uh-huh. SEC, uh-huh. Um, Big Ten, Big Twelve, and I'm missing one. I think you said it all. Yeah. So five. There's five. So if you take the champion of each each conference, mm-hmm. that you, that's you know unless you're going to say that somebody's the top seed of the, out of the five will have a, a buy of some sort. That's what I'm, that's yeah, but you know then it's the scenario where. You get two undefeated SEC squads and one loses in the championship. Somebody's pissed off, you know. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you know, would they have won whatever? Uh, I see what you're saying. Like, it could have been, like, off of one point and what could have been. Right, right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And and to me, I think that's the most – that's the the fairest way um, to do it. However, you know, I don't know they're going to expand it it, – they didn't want really to do this, but um, <laughs> but um, expanding the eight teams, I don't think they, they want to do it because what happens is if TV wants to market the TV wants to market certain teams so that they can sell advertising dollars, they can sell commercials, and you have a better time of marketing and selling uh, Clemson versus Georgia, or even a or even a LSU versus Alabama or uh, Ohio State versus a Clemson or a Georgia. You have a better time marketing some of those quote-unquote blue blood powerhouse teams. Even though they don't win a conference, the name brand itself is a lot better than a Utah against a Oregon or a Baylor against um, uh, Wisconsin, something like that. Oh, I agree. But wouldn't it be something if you had a – I don't know the number one. Who's the number one? See LSU versus let's say from the A the AAC. Uh, Cincinnati comes out and wins the AAC, and they get their bid as an eight seed. Wouldn't it be something to see in Cincinnati knock off LSU? Because in a hundred ninety nine times out of a hundred, LSU should beat them handily. But it's just that one time, any given Saturday. You know what I'm saying? A team can get knocked off, and that's not to say that Cincinnati's gonna sit there and run the, run the gauntlet. No. But it's just nice to see that the best team in the country is vulnerable. 
and and to be honest, that's what's that's why March Madness is so 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 loved because of the, that simple fact. Because you could be that number one team and can easily be knocked off by a lower seed at the at any given moment. So yeah, at least with March Madness, up until the last ten years, when you sort of had all these one and dones and people jumping shit, when you had you know teams like uh let's see the duke back in the day or even had you know the fab five you had north carolina teams you know the running rebels which you had guys stay you know three four years you get the march madness but once you get past the first two weekends usually the good teams are there you can always count on those blue blood college teams being in the mix because you know they're just that good now where it's a little bit more you can get a you can get a cinderella to get to the elite eight nowadays because those guys don't leave those smaller schools and now you got all seniors playing against, you know, freshmen. So well, whose fault is that? <laughs> hey. I blame the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now there's parody. I mean, look at this, this look at what's going on right now in college basketball with all the one number ones fault. It's obvious to me that there's the parody is much more widespread than we want to give credit to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, Kentucky's, the Dukes, the, the whomever, you know, they'll always get their one and dunners, but it's just going to show that, you know, Stephen at Boston can come into the Cameron Indoor and, you know, give Duke a, a one-two combination. And next thing you know, Duke is ranked 10th in the country because they got beat by Stephen F. Austin. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Be, to be honest, they should be ranked below that. Who? <laughs> Duke. <laughs> oh, they're they're, be knocked out of the top ten. <laughs> no, they should be knocked out of the top ten. Sorry, I'm sorry. When you let that happen, you should be knocked out of the top. Oh, 10. but hold up, hold up. But when Kentucky lost to Evansville, they get knocked out of the top ten. No, I said they should have been knocked out of the top ten too. Like <laughs> when you get knocked off by a, a non-ranking college team that's not even supposed to be in the same level as you, and you lose a game that you won a hundred and forgot how many. There's over 100 home games that you won on a non-conference team and you lose in your home court, you should be dropped, bottom line. <laughs> like, not even – you shouldn't even be in the, in the top 10, less alone. I would even say you shouldn't even be in the top 15. Like, you got to earn that back, like, all jokes aside. It could be one little slip-up, yes, but you should be dropped all the way down for that. Well, shoot, I mean, we go, yeah, we go back to college football, you look at a lot of these one-loss teams that are, like, you know, number, you know, you know, three, four, five, six. I mean, you get a pass, you know, depending on when you lose that game, if it's early in the season, and they just be like, ah, oh, it's just a, a one-off. But you get two. You get even the mighty Alabama got dropped to what twelve? Yeah, yeah. Twelve, right? The two losses. <laughs> that is Auburn true. was even was Auburn even ranked in the top ten? That's probably part of the reason. I don't think so. Nah, that's probably part of the reason. Nah, but yeah. that is that is true. When you have some type of favoritism, like two win, the two loss team, especially Alabama's pedigree, you would think that they would have been dropped a little bit further down. But because of their pedigree, they're <laughs> sticking right around the top ten. They let them slide off of one loss, but two, they was like, ah, we got it. <laughs> they have our heads, man. These <laughs> <laughs> loose mobs coming from all directions. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of college football, not talking about a college playoff, but there's a certain alumni within this uh, podcast group here that has a certain coach that has this happened to, to come back to bring the resurgence of the birthplace of college football. 
Rich Rodriguez? Right, well, no, 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 he's, he's still unemployed. <laughs> but uh, your alma mater there, sir, uh, brought back uh, Greg Ciano after much uh, fanfare and a lot of drama, mm. a lot of BS that was going on. So <laughs> ultimately, he got the contract that he wanted. He got the use of the private, the private jet. Uh, He's getting the facilities upgrade. So what, what is your take? How do you feel? I mean, not being a Rutgers alum, but just being a, somebody who's just been kind of following it from the outside, looking in and just gauging. Do you think that it was a smart hire for Rutgers? And do you think if given the time that he had in his first stint, will he be able to flip the switch and get Rutgers back to at least being competitive? Not necessarily winning the Big Ten East, but at least being competitive and not getting blasted by 50 and 60 to nothing. <laughs> well, that's that's the key. And, and that's, the, that's the major question. And um, if you look back at his first stint, he came into a program that was, you know, a perennial loser in the doormat of college football. Um, the cupboards were very bare, <laughs> as they are now. Well, they may not be as bare as he was when he first got there. But um, when he was there, I mean, he brought some respectability back to the program. He got some good players to buy in. Um, didn't always win the big games. His record didn't scream like, you know, one of those top, you know, 10 coaches. But he got his teams to play hard. Um, even knocked off, you know, Louisville, that was ranked number two, which I always thought that maybe they weren't necessarily ranked the number two. Specifically, um, they started winning some bowl games. You know, he didn't always win the big ones. He was a little bit questionable in the big games. A couple of West Virginia games, he should have won that they lost. Um, but they played for him. Once he started getting, yes, and you're, the people are can't see, he's wearing this West Virginia shirt. Um, so what he did is he brought a level of, respectability to that program that hadn't been seen in that program since. Um, he brought this this excitement to the campus that hadn't been there even when I was there. Um, so I think if you don't look at the wins and losses, you look at what he did for the fan base at the school and what he did for even people coming to the school um, is key equivalent to a Nick Saban coming from LSU and going to Alabama and turning that program around, or an Urban Meyer coming from a Florida and going to an Ohio State, not in terms of wins and bowl games, but the level of excitement and, you know, interest that he brought from not even just the alumni of Rutgers, but even just the casual people that are looking around. I mean, they're winning games, you know, winning games, bowl games, and he had everything going. I mean, you just drive on the campus, it was like night and day. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they got on campus, the new stadium, buildings that are being built, um, all the reconstruction development, the, um, the athletic center, all that directly ties to what he did 10 plus years ago and what he did for that program and what people to buy in. So I know a lot of people have said that the wins don't equate to how come he's getting all this money and all this lead away. But I think from a football program that really hasn't had anything prior and hasn't had really anything since, 
they're at least looking to even cash in on that level of excitement um, and respectability that he could bring. So for me, you know, I don't mind the hire. I would have, I still would have preferred someone new in there and maybe they could have been that coach that could have still done the same thing, but get them over the hump of those big games and at least starting to get more players to stay in, in state. Now, I know that's probably not really going to happen because you got a lot of kids from Florida and out of state that come to Rutgers to play. But, I mean, I think they had to. I think the way things were looking in the Big Ten, it, it, they couldn't operate and continue and justify themselves being in the Big Ten based on what the product and the play was on the field. So, mm-hmm. for for me, I'm a, I'm a guy that's glass half empty. Let's give them a few years and see what happens. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that he'll get the team to play better, and they'll probably start getting some recruits to stay in. Everyone's still going to go to Ohio State, Maryland, Notre Dame, Penn State, even Temple, and even West Virginia. Those kids are still going to go in regardless. He's not going to get those kids that just want to go to those schools. But if you look at the track record of players, he puts guys in the NFL. Not all the names we want to say, but he's put guy in the NFL, and a lot of guys have won some chips. So he has that to rest his hat on. I wonder, I wonder if he'll bring Ray Rice in. He, I mean, he deserves a second chance. I think he would be. I think he'd be a great uh, goat as a yeah running back goat. goat. Yeah, why not? You know, I mean. We've seen the NFL do some crazy things and, and let some people back into the league that's done some really, really bad things. Cream Hunt, <laughs> for example. <laughs> All right. But that's like the NFL. Like, you talking about Ray Rice coming back to Rutgers. I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. a lot of alumni would be completely okay with that, to be but honest. He, but he's he's rehabbed his image despite – at least from what I've heard and what I've read, I can't say I, you know he he and his wife have really taken on taken ownership of that situation and tried to you know go around the country and lecture about uh, the uh, tribulations of uh, spousal abuse. I, I I get what you're saying, I really do. But the point is, is that I don't I can honestly see a lot of pushback and besides Greg Chiano just started like that's going to take some time before they would even think about including Ray Rice um, into that mix. I think that even if he did come into the play, I, I could see a lot of like protests in that regard in some way, shape or form um, because of the situation itself. And I could see a lot of pushback. Well, I, this is my opinion, but I really probably, I could see media pushing that back. Or I could see protests pushing it back. Or I could see some alumni or boosters saying, hey, you know, we're going to drop this if you decide to bring Ray Rice in in the long run. So I, I could see some pushback off of that. I could see it too. I mean, if you was to come in and, and talk about, you know, people going to the college of what not to do and how to handle yourself, then I think by all means that would be a worthy person to come in and these are my experiences. This is what I did wrong. Don't do that. I think he's doing that now in some some schools, some areas. But I'm with you. I think he is to bring him on as a coach 
even like a running back coach or assistant running back coach definitely gets some pushback. He would need he's got a lot of capital right now. So I don't want I'm not I'm not sure if that's where he would spend the capital at. Um unless he started getting some wins and some bowl games, then he can basically do whatever he wants. Then Ray Rice can come back and be a coach Duke and say, Hey, I know what I'm doing. But until he I'm not going to say that couldn't happen, but I couldn't see it happening right now until there's some wins under his belt. But everybody else is coming back. (laughs) The McCourty brothers, Davis, all the other people that have done well, they're going to be back. You think those are going to be the first ones to come back? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And you know, Bill Belichick is probably sitting there saying, Thank you. I need my pipeline of, of uh, serviceable players <laughs> back at back in New England. So he's probably going to be ecstatic that he got his, his man back in uh, Rutgers. <laughs> out of all the people that won out of this, Bill Belichick wins out of it for sure. <laughs> Always. Um, one last thing about Shiano. Um, I lost my train of thought. I thought it was a good hire. I thought is I, th- I thought is what the school needed to kind of get itself back on track. Um, I think this time around, though, I think if he builds Rutgers to where they have some sort of sustained sustained success, I don't think he's going to bolt for the next next job. I think he's going to stay there and be like a paternal type of type of feel or paternal type of coach, meaning he's going to be a lifer there at that, at that point. You know, he's not going to leave until he's either – or a better – a better uh, a better uh, comparison would be uh, uh, Bill Snyder, Kansas State coach. You know, he kind of – he was there for a while. Kansas State went back and went right back there on the toilet and he came back and then righted the ship and – led uh, Kansas State there for another 10 years or so before ultimately, you know, his coaching style and philosophy kind of was being passed over by other philosophies and they just needed to go to a different direction. That's how I see Shiano is going to probably stay at Rutgers at this point where he's not leaving until they just say, you know what, it's time for you to go. Like, it's just ain't, things just ain't progressing the way we like after 20 or 25 years, you know, because I just don't think he's going to leave I think he has too much invested. Even he said, you know, I listened to his uh, press conference. Even he said that he he quietly and secretly will follow Rutgers for the past eight years because that was his baby. Like he needed to know what was going on, even though he was Tampa's coach, you know, Ohio State, whatever. He said that he was really disappointed to see all the things that kind of happened when he left the program in pretty good shape. And now he's back and he needs to right the ship. So I think he's not, I don't think he's going to leave. Unless he just does a, t- a total cluster of just absolute nothing over the next five years, there's no way he's going to be there. Just my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, we shall see. Um, see if the second time, the second go round is going to be where he writes the ship and brings Rutgers back to the respectability that we know that they can be. Um, I know West Virginia fans is looking for it. <laughs> I, I would love, I would love to continue whipping up on uh, Rutgers, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, we don't play him. But we're talking about but, recruits. Yeah. recruits. Uh, Shiano did manage to reach out to one of our committed recruits that that is from New Jersey, a tight end, and he told him to kick rocks and uh, keep moving. <laughs> well, at, at least there's one thing you could say that with Shiano is that the recruitment phase is going to be a lot different. Oh, cool. Um, and it's going to be much improved than what it was previous. That's for sure. I agree. I think we're all yeah. in agreement with that. Yeah, I think um, I heard recently that the quarterback, Arch, um, Art, I can't pronounce his last name, I think he had opted to go into the transfer portal, but then after their first meeting, he opted to rescind his name from the transfer portal. I don't know if the other players that went in there, like Blackshear and some other folks, have taken their name out, but I mean, um, in which ways, I mean, there's going to be some kids out of Jersey that just going to want to play out of state and go. I mean, but if you can just start, he's got to start somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, but real quick, um, let's move on to the NFL. Um, and biggest news out of the NFL is, of course, it's the firing of Ron Riviera. Um, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so let me get your quick thoughts on that. Um, do you think that it was the right move and the right decision? Do you think they did it a little bit too early, prematurely? Um, what are your thoughts on the firing um, of the Carolina's um, Panthers, now ex-head coach, Rivera? Can't say it's Cam's so. <laughs> fault. <laughs> you, you, you'd be amazed now. Um, that's all I'm going to say. You'd be amazed Social media is just all over the place with this. I mean, they can play a game. <laughs> a few, but he was hurt. <laughs> and 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 don't the, hey and no and now remember now we have friends that would say because of his style of play and his over usage of him is the reason why he got hurt in regards to the fact that now that he's hurt. The team is now losing games, which is now the head coach's fault, which is why he got fired. So you do realize that this is all – there's so many different scenarios of people blaming all this on – there's some people even blaming Cam for getting injured in the first place. So that's why I'm saying all these things. They were saying that when Cam was winning for their ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy how fit it is, the damn NFL is. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think they could have at least waited to the end of the season, the beginning of December. Um, but the new guy that's in there, you know, that, you know, just purchased the team, he didn't bring in a GM. Um, he, I don't think he brought in a current GM, but the coaches is not the coach that he wants. So to me, this, this just smells and smacks of – you know, I bought this team. We're not looking good right now. I want to get my own guy in there. Cam is not the quarterback I would want. He's a little bit more vocal than I than I probably prefer. Dresses a little lot weirder than I prefer. <laughs> so he wants his own coach in there. He wants his own – gets his own quarterback in there. So Ron Rivera is a good coach, irregardless of what happened with Cam. I think he would definitely coach again. Um, I think he should get another head coaching job, but to me, I think it could have waited. I don't think you were going to risk not, you know, 
not waiting until the end of the season. I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of head coaches that's going to be going. Um, the coaches that he probably wants are you can't talk to them anyway because they're going to be tampering until the end of the season. So what's the point of doing it? Or as he said, I didn't want to go behind your back. He couldn't go behind his back because the coaches are on team. He can't talk to because, once again, it comes back to tamperance. So you could have waited. But for whatever reason, he felt the need to do it at the beginning of December while you still have – Four weeks to play. But his money, his team, he can do he can do whatever he wants, just like Jerry Jones does. Yep. And that's why the Cowboys just don't win either. Because they don't have the <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> uh, but getting back to Cam. When he was running rec shop and MVP and led them to the led them to the uh, to the super excuse me led them to the Super Bowl and was you know well faced a very dominant Denver team but uh, I think I think this does Cam a world of good Cam is going to go ahead have surgery get healthy he's going to come back with a vengeance. And he's going to be on somebody's team. And he's going to he's going to tear that league up come next year. Mark my words. He hasn't been himself the past year and a half for two years with his shoulder and his foot injuries. You give him give him a year off where he can rest his body, get stronger, get bigger. You know, of course, in a good way, faster. He's going to be all right. So you think that this all this almost is definite now that Cam is going to be. It's not going to be with the Carolina Panthers at the end of the season. Um, the fact that he decided to take that surgery now instead of before, he, he, now more so than ever, I think he's doing that knowing that he wants to get himself totally 100% come free agency time to be someplace else. I agree because he wants to, uh, he wants to be able to uh, – Go into whatever team that he's going to be with and get you know be ready for OTAs and and for you know for two days in the summer so he can sit there and prepare and be ready because I don't care what Jacksonville says talking about they're not going to get rid of uh, of uh, Nick Foles talking about they might get rid of the coach or the GM but they're going to hold on to Nick Foles they some fools. <laughs> I was just about to ask you as my final question what one team do you think that Cam would have a best chance of being with one team one team mm-hmm. one team he would need to go so have to be a team ready that's, that's that's ready to win now and has a, and has a good strong defense San Diego hmm Bears. I was thinking the Bears. Uh, Trubisky is starting to turn the page a little bit. I was either thinking Bears or the um, Raiders. Ooh. Mm. That's interesting. I can see the Raiders. I can see Raiders. Yeah, they have a good defense. They have a good running game. Um, You could operate the Raiders a la hell. Lamar Jackson is operating, you know, the Ravens right about now. And he would be a great draw in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, are we going to catch a game in Vegas? We can table that for a later conversation. 
I thought we were talking about the draft during the, I mean, the draft there. See? <laughs> we can talk more about that now, later, like you said, but it's coming up on that time. Um, we definitely need to take our, our act on the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, fellas, let them know where they can reach you at. Uh, I can be reaching the Gram, Snapchat, and Twitter, J.E. Ross, number seven. Find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can also catch Guys Talking Sports on almost every podcast that's available out now. Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, you name it. Any podcast that you are and we that you use, we're there. So just search for Guys Talking Sports. Guys Talking, that's with no G and an apostrophe, Talking Sports. I'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Um, appreciate all the love and support. Don't forget, you can check Guys Talking Sports on Instagram. You can check us out on Twitter. Um, we're working on the YouTube version. Um, we're going to air clips, different clips of the show. So appreciate you subscribing. Appreciate all the love and support. But without further ado, this is Guys Talking Sports. And until next time, you guys take care. God bless and have a good one.